This is Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. Your host, Carl Valeri, has over a decade of experience counseling pilots. Aviation Careers Podcast will help you navigate towards your aviation career goal. Here is your host, Carl Valeri. Welcome to Aviation Careers Podcast. This is Carl Valeri, and I'll be your host today. It's been a few weeks since we spoke last, but boy, have I been busy. A lot has happened. As many of you know, I was away doing two very important things in my career, giving back and moving forward. By giving back to the aviation community, I volunteer as coach for the flight team at Polk State College. We recently spent a week in Auburn, Alabama, competing in the Region 9 SafeCon. What's SafeCon? What is NIFIN? How does it affect your career? I'm glad you asked, and we'll discuss that shortly. Also, another thing I was involved with is recurrent training. We'll talk a little bit about that. But before we begin, a couple of announcements. Remember to visit the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Podcast, to see where we will be and when you'll have a chance to meet me and our co-hosts. Our next planned event is actually January 24th and 27th of 2018 at the U.S. Sport Aviation Expo in Sebring, Florida. But remember to check the Facebook page since we may have some last-minute events pop up, especially when I come to a certain town and I sometimes I, I have an unscheduled overnight. I really want to get out there and meet you folks. So I'm going to go ahead and start posting more of those. I've been doing that uh, a little bit uh, lately, and we are going to have some more uh, formalized meetups also. Also, the new scholarships guide will be published soon. Uh, One thing we didn't expect is how many people like the online directory. You know, we heard your feedback and we'll be offering an online directory, but as a separate website with a stronger search capability. So stay tuned for new details. In the meantime, you can still purchase the book online at Amazon in the iTunes store. Visit aerospacescholarships.com to learn more about how you can purchase that guide. Well, gosh, getting onto the show, I, you know, I had a lot of fun, and I was out and uh, competing. Well, I should say I was coaching our uh, team out at the NIFA competition. Well, you know, this, NIFA is actually the National Intercollegiate Flying Association. If you're currently enrolled in a college that has a flight team, I highly recommend you getting involved in some way. Uh, NIFA actually, we have these different events. Uh, they have they're called SafeCon events. And they really are interesting because you don't have to just fly. You can also get out there and do ground events. And we compete in many different areas, both in you know accuracy landings, message drops, uh, power-off landings. And we also do things like written exam type uh, competitions called SCAN. Uh, we do E6B competitions, etc. But one of the most important things about NIFA and the events is the fact that there's a lot of networking that goes on. The people that are recruiting, you know what? They realize it is a really important thing to get involved with competing because you want to win and win with integrity, but it also shows you go above and beyond the regular pilot involved in collegiate aviation. Something they have to really sacrifice, and it shows also your passion for aviation. So I really highly suggest you're looking into getting involved with NIFA and flight teams. 
And if you want to know a little bit about them, you can go, obviously, to our Facebook page. I'd really like you to, to go to our flight team page. It's uh, facebook.com slash PSE flight team. PSE, like Polk State College, Papa, Sierra, Charlie, flight team. And check out what we've done there. We have some links to the history of NIFA. I'm not going to go into that here, but it's a really cool organization. Been around since the 1920s. One of the first people that actually won the competition. He actually uh, started an airline and... Uh, it, uh, it actually became quite famous, uh, called Pan Am American Airways. Uh, Pan Am Airways was uh, started by Juan Tripp, who was the first person to actually uh, compete and uh, win this competition. Uh, hats off. I, I normally don't take time to do this, but I really want to say, you know, I really appreciate our students that have competed in this, and I'm very proud of them. Uh, we had a couple people take dip uh, place in some of the events there. Uh, eighth place was in ground trainer. I'm just going to list some of these out here just because I'm so proud of these folks. Uh, eighth place in ground trainer was Andrew Costello. Uh, that's actually where you actually uh, fly a specific procedure, climbs, ascents, those type of things. Uh, for those of us that uh, have <laughs> were in the past uh, instrument pilots and students, uh, that's the old A and B patterns almost. A little bit tougher than that, though. And uh, you're graded on accuracy as far as how you can hold heading, altitude, that type of thing. Uh, so hats off to Andrew. Third place was a tie between uh, Clay Watley and Andrew Costello for the pre-flight inspection. They actually take an airplane and they put all these little little gigs in it, different things that they 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 try to make you look for what's wrong with this airplane. It's so much fun. So it teaches you to take your time and be accurate on your pre-flight. And uh, hats off to taking third in that. Uh, ninth place we got in computer accuracy uh, was Marshall Richmond, and also seventh place computer accuracy was. Clay Watley. Uh, that actually is a, is a really cool test, and that's a lot of fun. Uh, another thing that's really tough is what's called, I said, scan, simulated comprehensive air navigation, and that ninth place went to uh, Clay Watley. That's a really interesting test because you have to really think, and there's so many questions that have to do with this this cross-country flight, and they'll do things like move bags and, and that type of thing, so it makes you think on your feet. If you're thinking, you know, you're listening to this, boy, this is a great thing to get involved with because this is what you have to do in real life and flying. It's really, really cool. Uh, the next competition we placed in was uh, third place, uh, Tyler Moore, Moore and Marshall Richmond for message drop. And second place, Marshall Richmond and Zach Martin for message drop. And uh, that was really cool. The students were up uh, just trying to put together their, their, their little uh, two-ounce uh, block that they th- you know, throw out of the airplane, of course, in a controlled environment, try to hit a target on the ground. It has a message inside it and it has a streamer on the back, you know, to actually slow the descent, et cetera. Really fun. Uh, some people, some other schools actually went to their engineering department and had them engineer one of the message drop boxes. Uh, our students went out there, just used old uh, elbow grease and put these together, put the streamers on them, threw them out the uh, airplane. And we actually took second and third place as compared to the, the folks that use their engineering department to design these and use them. 3d printer so uh, nothing like a little bit of hard work that's what shows there uh, also in the other event uh, navigation that's uh, where you do a cross-country flight we got 10th place jake sakura and schmel jimenez uh, very good there and also uh, last but not least uh, power off landing third place was tyler moore so congratulations to everybody on the flight team and i did want to list that here uh, also if you have accomplishments you want me to list here I'd, I'd be more than willing to to read them off anybody you know that really stood out and has done something wonderful in aviation i'd love to to you know just outline those but uh, anyway go visit our flight team uh, polk state uh, flight team at facebook.com psc flight team um 
And so this comes to a more important point, not just the fact that I'm very proud of, of these students and what they have done. And it really does show somebody that's going to move above and beyond the actual average individual. It makes you stand out in the crowd. One of the things that's also important is NIFA, having that on your on your resume that you've competed in this is really going to make you stand out. We, we do... Uh, and I'm looking at and talking to a lot of recruiters, we do take those resumes and they do boil up to the top when they see that, especially if they know what knife is. And a lot of folks have been involved in the collegiate aviation world. But more importantly, you need to involve yourself in more than just flying to move forward in your career. I know flying's really important and it's important to build that time. It's important to become experienced in your aviation career and your flying, but you need to be in involved in much more than just flying the airplane because you're going to be involved in much more than just flying the airplane. You're going to be involved with passengers. You're going to have to work with a team of people, people that include gate agents and flight attendants and mechanics and ground handlers and air traffic controllers and security. And there's so many different people you're going to have to be able to interact with. Involving yourself in other organizations, volunteer organizations, Civil Air Patrol, NIFA, all these different organizations really does change you as an individual. And it makes you learn how to interact with many different types of people of different backgrounds also. Kind of stretches you a little bit, makes you a little uncomfortable, but that's okay. It's a really, really important thing to do. Another thing to mention is that it's really important to network And network in a target-rich environment. Network in those environments where you're going to meet people that actually can help you move forward in your career. You know, you've heard me say this before, but a lot of these different uh, recruiters and airlines are now turning to the web and turning to LinkedIn, and they're turning to events that you can actually attend. And when you attend these events... They actually see you, you're face-to-face, you're talking to somebody. You know what? There's nothing that's changed in the past 100, 200 years. Nothing better than what we call pressing the flesh in the sales world. And that means just getting in front of somebody, saying hi, shaking their hand, and telling them who you are. And, and becoming a person to that individual, that recruiter, the person that's going to make a decision about your career. Because remember this, and this is so important, and I used to tell my salespeople this all the time when I owned a business, people buy from people, and people recruit people in the aviation departments. People recruit people. They don't recruit resumes. We look at your resume, and we decide from that, do you have the basic requirements? That's what we do. And then we move on from there. We, we look at other things. We look at things like, well, who are you? What kind of background do you have? And do I want to spend the next week or the next four days flying next to you? And also, do I, do I think that you will be somebody that has integrity, somebody that's going to come to this job and make sure that they do the job correctly and they do it to the best of their abilities? And, you know, this is something that, that is really important because that, it shows during these different events, these networking events. And they're out there. You just go out there on Facebook. Facebook actually has become a great tool for this. A lot of companies are doing more with Facebook. And, of course, LinkedIn. I was asked that the other day. Do you think LinkedIn is important? Yes. 
Uh, as a matter of fact, one of the things I do when I'm looking at different recruits and looking at their backgrounds, I will actually download their profile from LinkedIn. It makes my life a little bit easier. So make sure that one looks good and get your resume out there. I mentioned that we're going to put a course together on how to do a aviation resume. We've decided what we're going to do is just like a video course. It's not going to take long, but it'll be online. And uh, that's that'll be available hopefully in the next month or two now that I don't. I've got a few things behind me. Uh, but make sure... The point is, make sure you get out there and you network. But when you're networking, another thing that's important isn't just getting yourself out there. It's presenting yourself well, okay? And making sure that you're ready to network. What does that mean? Well, that means you you really need to prepare yourself. Like, have your business card possibly, have your resume available if you have your business card online, or, excuse me, if you have your resume online, have a link to that on your business card. One of the greatest ways to do that, of course, I just said it, was LinkedIn. Have your LinkedIn account right on the business card. Say, hey, you know, all my work history is here. My resume is right here. Make sure you can, in some way, have that person remember you. Because remember this, you know, I see, God, hundreds and hundreds of people, and I coach many different people and do career coaching, et cetera. And I need to have a way to remember you. And I have my own tools as a recruiter. I have my own tools to remember people that I'm coaching. And, uh, uh, you know, it's kind of funny some of the things I do to remember. But we also do that when we're in a crowd. We say, hey, you're the person that had the pink tie on. and Or you're the person that actually used to work in... Uh, the cellular phone business in Ohio, and I remember you that way. And you're the person that was a friend of a friend of a cousin. That and It's crazy, but that's how we remember things. We actually want to connect with you on a more personal basis. So make sure when you're talking to people, you do have that. You try to try to relate to them on a more personal type of basis. So network also in target-rich environments. So it's that. You know, you're going to go to a certain events. Uh, You might go to a bake sale. That may not be the best thing for you if you're looking for an aviation job. One of the better ways is to, hey, go to an air show. You may see a few pilots in an air show. Actually, you're going to see a lot of pilots in an air show because we love aviation so much, and there's so many other people that love aviation there. So make sure you do that. Make sure you go to these events, these target-rich environments and networking events. They're all out there. Think outside the box. That's what I'm trying to say. Think outside the box for these networking events. And get your LinkedIn page up. Get a website or something that that just has your resume that's downloadable. And and prepare that resume. Uh, like I said, we're going to get that, that uh, course up here shortly uh, because that's actually something that's been in high demand. And we'll put it out there. We're not sure if we're going to charge for it or not. Uh, it's going to be a short, uh, probably a 30-minute video. We're going to go over all the different sections of your aviation resume. Uh, focusing on pilots because that's our biggest demand right now is pilots. We're going to put out other resumes for management, etc. Uh, pilot resume is the most important thing. Make sure at the top you can show that you are qualified to apply for that job. The other thing that you know I've been involved with lately is recurrent training. You know, one of the things I guess I haven't talked about much is you know, I go to my recurrent training at least once a year. Uh, we use an advanced qualification program, AQP they call it. And once a year, I go away for three to four days, depending on what base I'm in and what type of international flying I'm doing. I may have to spend three. I may have to spend four days out there. But recurrent training, and and I want to make sure you realize this, you're going to have to be involved in recurrent training for the rest of your life. And it's something, you know what, we don't normally really totally get used to because you're kind of nervous every time because you're thinking, gosh, if I don't pass this training, then I'm not going to be able to work anymore. 
you know what? Everybody, everybody gets nervous during training, and that's a good thing because you can channel that energy. Take that energy to study more and prepare. I tell you, I went through my last training cycle, and I was super prepared because I was so nervous. Instructor even said, you know, it was great to see you you guys were so prepared. We banged through the oral exam and and moved on. But let me back up. What is recurrent training? What's what's it consist of? You know, I've, I've worked for, what, one, two, three, four, five different airlines, and all the recurrent is similar. Uh, it's not exactly the same, and the process may be a little different, but you will be expected to know certain things, like what's in your flight operations manual. You're going to go over things like security, how to open the doors in the aircraft, safety training. You may even do some training with the flight attendants as far as threat and error management uh, and what we used to do, CRM, that type of thing. Threat and error management, how can we actually communicate better with the flight attendants, that type of thing. you also be asked to do an oral exam on the systems of the airplane. Your memory items, those are the things you have to know. Your limitations, things you have to know. You have to memorize all those things. So you're going to have an oral exam. It might last a few hours. Sometimes it lasts two hours or so, hour and a half. Then you go into the simulator and you do maneuvers. Now, everybody does this a little different. In the AQP program we have, we go into the flight training device. That's a simulator. Basically, it doesn't move. And then we move on to the, the regular simulator where we actually have full motion sim and we do flight maneuvers, stalls, uh, wind shear, those events. And uh, we do things like that we normally wouldn't do in the real world. We'll do engine failures, engine fires, V1 cuts, uh, and we'll do uh, stalls, full stalls. We'll do unusual attitudes. And that's a big thing that's come up now is we're, we're starting to do things like uh, unusual attitudes, uh, unreliable airspeed. You know, if all the ice blocks, all of our airspeed indicators, how do we actually fly the airplane? Things to think about with your when you're flying a 172 or, or a 747. Those are very, very important things. And then at the end, uh, you a lot of times do your final check ride. Uh, in the old days, it used to be a specific check ride, oral exam, check ride, boom, you're done. Now it's more like a line-oriented flight training where they call it loft, where you would actually do a flight, an actual flight, and there might be something that goes wrong, and they grade you on how you actually did during this flight. And there's many different answers that are correct. It's a lot of fun afterwards. It's not so much fun while you're doing it because you're so scared because you're hoping you don't do anything wrong, but it's a little more laid back the way things are now. I just said three days training. A lot of, in the past, it was one day. You would go to training, do your oral exam, your check ride, and you were really, really nervous. Nowadays, we do a lot of uh, train to proficiency, which we didn't do in the past, and it's a much better way to learn during this training process. So that's the recurrent training that you go to every year, say, if you're doing AQP. But there's other recurrent training you become involved with. Okay, so three three days you're over at the training center, say. But there's every quarter, especially in the AQP programs and most airlines I've worked for, every quarter you have to do a course. Normally it's an online course, and what you do at the end of each of these different lessons, you have to take a, an exam. Normally a passing grade is 80%. Again, you're a little bit nervous maybe during that because if you don't pass, you know, you're actually going to have to go back to training. Now, with this said... After the first couple of years of flying the airplane, it's the same thing over and over and over again. There are some things that are tweaked. I mean, things change all the time, 
but it's over a year span that these things change. So say they changed a procedure. Well, this is where you'll you'll get that. Oh, you know, what's the new procedure for uh, de-icing the aircraft uh, when it's below 10 degrees or something like that. So you'll find you'll incorporate that into these quizzes that they give you. So you might do like winter operations, summer operations, and uh, new procedures for emergencies. That'll all be online training. So once every three months, you're going to be doing that online. And on average, and I tell people this, be ready to take at least one test every month when you're an airline pilot, and that's at a minimum. If you look back, if you're an airline pilot listening, you look back, you're like, oh, yeah, that's that's for sure. I've done like three tests this month. Uh, I've done some oral exams. I, I've done all this different recurrent training. And, uh, you know, it's a it's a kind of a pain, but and it gets you a little bit nervous and all. But I tell you, it's a great thing to do is to do this training because you come away with so much more knowledge. Um, one of the things that uh, impressed me is this new thing that we're doing. Loss of control accidents are something that we're really looking at now, uh, more than control flight into terrain because loss of control has gone up. Things like you know unreliable airspeed, unusual attitudes, how to recover from those. Also, new security training that's been going on. Uh, you know, the world's changing. We still have security issues, and and those things were very interesting. So, the, a lot of takeaways I had was all those things I've learned. And I will say one thing: every time I go to training, it's supposed to be called recurrent training. Uh, it seems like you should know all this information. I learn a lot, and that's what's really cool. The fact that you come away from this event and you learn so much information. Recurrent training when you're going in is all about you know, actually passing the test and getting through training when at the end is when you appreciate the fact that you went through training and actually learned something. It's funny. It's, it happens all the time. And a lot of people say the same thing. You're going in, you just want to pass. And then you get out and say, you know what? That was actually pretty good. I did. You know, I learned something and that's, that's really, really cool. Uh, another thing too, if you are in recurrent training, make sure you, you say thanks to your instructors. If they taught you something, especially, uh, I did that throughout my training. It was really cool to see them light up when you say, Hey, listen, you know, that's the first time I've Actually, anybody's been able to get through to me on that issue, and, and I now I understand it. And Or maybe you did something different that made me, made me understand that system better than anybody else that's ever explained it, and now it really resonates in my mind, and now I'll be a safer pilot because of it, and I'll have more knowledge. So recurrent training, yeah, it's something you're going to be doing for the rest of your career. Uh, you're going to have to learn how to take tests, and uh, that's one good thing about uh, – you know, going to school, going to college, et cetera, you, you get used to that. You get used to studying, you get used to tests, you get used to memorizing that type of thing. Uh, so I think it's a it's a really good idea to finish up all your degrees, especially if you want to get to a major, you should have your bachelor's degree because it puts you above all the rest. Well, gosh, that's all I have this week. I'm not answering any questions. I just wanted to get this podcast out there because I've been gone for two weeks. This has been one of the, the more stressful times between coaching the flight team, not having any time to do any podcasts, and then Right after that, I went and had to go do uh, recurrent training, and uh, so it's been a bit of a challenge for me personally, uh, but I like challenges. I will say one thing. I've slept for like a couple days straight after all this. I'm finally awake and and back uh, ready to get going again. Uh, Pick of the week. Oh, I forgot about the pick of the week. We have to tell you uh, one of the things that I think is really cool, and it really resonated in my mind during this recurrent training, a book that I think everybody should have, have next to them, have the printed version. I know we're all into online stuff, but it's the far aim. 
the FarAIM 2018s out there. Uh, I use the ASA. There's a lot of other good versions out there. This year's I'm using ASA. I try to change it up to try different people's uh, far aims. Good stuff. It's uh, you know I was down at the school at the college. I saw people with tabs uh, in the far aim of all the things they may have to reference during their exam, during their oral exam. I think that's terrific. And uh, one of the students told me they buy a new far aim every time they go through a rating. I think that's a terrific idea, especially if we mark it up. I get pretty excited about the far aim when it comes out. Uh, it's kind of like the phone book. Oh, the phone book is here. The home phone book is here, you know. Uh, and uh, remember that one? <laughs> I'm showing my age. But uh, it's really, really exciting because you learn so much every time you open up that book. And when we're referencing things in the airlines, uh, speaking with the instructor, and he went back to the AIM, uh, you know, the Aeronautical Information Manual, to discuss a topic. And I'm like, wow, you know, I've, I've been reading that book for over 30 years, and I, I tell you what, it, it never gets old. So that's my pick of the week. Remember to go to the website and actually click on that pick of the week. It uh, helps us out, too. Uh, and uh, and also, the uh, take a look at the coaching page. Uh, I know it's been kind of tough to get my schedule lately. I'm trying to open up a little bit more here, so uh, I'm going to have a little more free time. We're doing a lot more with the website now and trying to change a few things. As you know, we have a new courseware page. Uh, so check out that. Uh, it's really neat, a lot of fun. A lot of different courses are moving over to this new new software where you can actually track your progress, that type of thing. And all the free courses are almost out there. We have them in a, in a courseware bundle. The last one's being uploaded in the next couple of weeks. It'll be up there, and then we'll have the uh, the other courseware. We'll have uh, the... Um, the actual resume, how to make a resume. Some of the courses are free. You'll see those bundles of free courses, and then you'll see the bundles of, of courses that you have to pay for. It's still $10 a month, $100 for a year for access to all the courses. Uh, and, uh, and of course, the scholarships guide, we're keeping it at $10 for that book. Uh, and that has actually just been growing and growing. It's incredible how many more scholarships out there. By the way, Make sure you remember, scholarships are for everyone. It's not just people going to college. I know primarily they're for people that are coming out of high school, going to college, getting their master's, et cetera. But there's a whole bunch out there that are for everybody else. Moving forward in your career and you know, getting better ratings. Well, folks, I really appreciate your patience. And, uh, and I know you haven't heard from me in a few weeks, but it's been great to get back on the microphone and talk to you. You know, remember one thing. I know we went over a lot of things here. We talked about networking. We talked about knife con, and safe con. And we talked about, you know, recurrent training. But I, I want you to do something for me. I want you to do something today. After you get off, you know, listening to this, maybe you're out running right now. Maybe you're driving to work. I want you to think about something. Maybe make a note in your phone. A lot of people are doing that. I want you to do something today to move forward in your career. Maybe go out and buy that book. Buy the far aim. Maybe actually look into what a flight team is. Look into recurrent training and understand what that is. Look towards moving forward in your career. Do something now. Do something today. Make it a small step. Make it a large leap. Whatever it may be, just keep moving forward towards your career goal. Well, folks, we'll talk to you next episode. Safe flying. You have been listening to Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. This aviation podcast is produced by the Valeri Aviation Corporation. Although hosts or guests may receive compensation for products and services discussed in this podcast, compensation never influences our opinion. Before purchasing any product or service, you should always do your own research. Music by Billy Wheeler. All rights reserved.